First of all, I want to say good morning to the media and good morning to everyone that's here. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> uh, it's good to be here. But how many of us know that life is a fight and that we should never, ever give up? I don't care what it is, whether you're fighting traffic, you're fighting a health problem, you're fighting to get through school, you're worried about your job, no matter what it is, it's a fight. Every day is a fight. I took a lesson from David and... I mean, it's a tremendous lesson. There was so much in it that I tried to condense it to the smallest possible. But uh, I don't know if I can or not. If you would turn with me to the first book of Samuel, beginning at the 30th chapter. And I'm going to begin at verse 3. It says, So David and his men came to the city, and beheld it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Now, what brought David to the city, he was in battle with the Philistines against Saul, his king. And the Philistines became wearied that David might have a change of heart and fight with Saul instead of with them. So they begged him to go back to the to the city of Zitlag. Now, Zitlag was a place that David had to run to for reference, for, I mean, uh, rescue, when Saul was after him, and he received, you know, help when he got there from the people. So he stayed there. But now that the Philistines asked him to go back to the city, And when he got back, it was a three-day journey. When he got back, he realized that it was burned and that that their families had been taken captive. So I don't know about you, but back in them days, most of the people had to walk. And a three-day journey is a long journey. And the only ones that rode was people like the kings, the captains, the lieutenants, people like that was the one who rode on horseback. So I can imagine when they got back to the city, they were tired. They were hungry. And they probably stunk. You know, I mean, they probably smelled. They needed a bath. But when they get back, they find that the city is burned. And they didn't know what to do. But it says in 
and the fourth verse that David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. That's a lot of crying. When you have no more power to cry anymore, that's a lot of crying. I mean, and in verse 6 it says, And that David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the souls of the people were grieved. Every man for his sons, for his daughters, and their wives. And David didn't know what to do. But what David did, he encouraged himself. In the Lord his God, a lot of times this is what we have to do. We have to encourage ourselves to keep going. You know, I mean, even when it, when it gets rough and we can't see no way out, we don't know how we're going to pay this bill that has just came about, we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. But Christ said over in the book of Matthew, and then we're going to come right back to, to uh, second, uh, Samuel, I mean, 1 Samuel. He says over in the book of Matthew, I believe it's chapter 22. Chapter 22, verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do error. And why do we error? Not knowing scripture, nor the power of God. We talk a lot of stuff. We say a lot. People would think that we are holier than thou. But when it comes down to actually believing in a power greater than yourselves, do we really believe in that power? Do we believe that God honestly exists? Do we accept the fact that there is a God that created us And do we go through the process of trying to find out his will for us or do we just accept where we are in life and just keep going on? A lot of us say, oh, I know scripture, but do they practice the scripture? You know, I might know a few scriptures, but am I practicing it? Am I walking it? Am I walking in it? Am I believing what the word says, has God put it, laid it on my heart to really get into his word? This is where we have to go. And this is where David went. David knew that his only power rested in the God that he believed in. And he encouraged himself in that power because he knew that there was a power greater than in him that was in the world. And he relied on that power. And he went to the source 
to get the strength that he needed to continue to pursue the Melekites because that's who had took his his wives, his wives, and the rest of the people of that village took them captive. So David had to reach for a power, a power that was much, much greater than he was. You know, and a lot of us would like to think that we are that power. I used to think that. I used to think that I was, I was it. I really did. I thought that I was it. But going back to First Samuel, One second, one second. Took my marker out. Yeah. First Samuel 30, I know that much. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you. And so, so um, David, he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord told him to pursue, you know, and overtake them. Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. You know, a lot of times when, when we lose something or something happened to us, we want to have a pity party. We want to sit back and just cry and pour me and pour me and, and knock on everybody's door and ring everybody's phone, you know, about the poor me's. You know, looking for some kind of relief when the only relief that we can honestly get is from God. That's the only relief we can get. That's the father of this creation. He's the one who created me. So why shouldn't I depend on him? Why shouldn't I get to know him? You know. But anyway, David, he pursued the Amalekites, not knowing exactly where they were. He pursued anyway. He had 600 men when he started out. And only 400 actually went with him. The other two couldn't make it because they were too tired, too weary to go ahead and continue to fight. So they laid back. And he let them lay back, but he pursued them with the four. And on the way, they ran into an Egyptian boy who had been left behind by the Amalekites because he had fell sick. You know, God, God will do things at the time we don't understand why he does them, but he does them for a reason. Now that boy, that Egyptian boy fell sick, and the Amalekites left him. No food, no nothing. They left him in the wilderness with nothing. They left the boy to die, but that was not the boy's purpose, even though the boy didn't know it, David didn't know it, 
Nobody knew it until David ran into him, and they fed the kid, and when his spirit came back into him, they took the boy and inquired of who he was and where he was from. And when he told them what had happened, David asked them if they could, if he could lead them to the Amalekites. And he said, only if you don't kill me and give me back to the Amalekites. So David assured him that he wouldn't. And the young man led, led them to the Amalekites. In the process of this, it says that David smoked the Amalekites from twilight. That means the beginning of either evening or the beginning of the daylight. That he smoked them until the next evening. So that was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of killing. But that's what he did. And he got all his people back and the spoil. And they were his. They called it David's spoils. But David had to, uh, to do one thing in order to achieve this. Because like I said, they had just come out of a battle only to find out that there was a bigger battle in front of them. And they didn't know how they were going to fight this battle. All they knew is that they had to fight this battle, some way, shape, form, or fashion. If they wanted to see their loved ones again, they had to go and fight this battle. And only 400 went with David. But David went and fought this battle and regained everything, the spoils and all, people and all, children and all. And brought them back. You know. So it was a purpose. Everything that happened here was a purpose. Even the. Um, the Philistines. Asking David to leave their camp. And go back. That was a purpose. For that. For them to ask him to leave. Now he didn't know that when he got back to this city. That it was going to be burned. And that all of the people in the city would be taken captive. He didn't know this. All he knew is that he wasn't welcomed in that camp at that particular time. But when he, like I said, when he got back, he found out that there was a much, much greater battle in front of him. And he didn't have the troop that was the troops that was necessary to fight the battle. But he took what he had and those that would go with him, and he went and fought the battle. And we have to do the same thing because, I mean, just like I said earlier, life is such a fight, and life does not fight fair. It does not fight fair. Just when we think we got a couple of nickels that we can rub together, something takes it. You know, a few weeks ago, my car broke down. And I really didn't have the money, and I have Car Shield. Now, Car Shield was supposed to fix my car. I'm in this man's shop waiting for him to fix the car. The hood is up, and I'm wondering why they're not doing anything on the car. And so I go and I ask him, I said, uh, 
what's the matter? You got to send out for the part? He says, no. He says, cost you don't want to pay for it. I said, you're kidding me. He said, nope. And I went and I called Kashio, and they would they told me that the part was not covered, you know. And I said, but I got bumper to bumper. He says, no, you got 80% coverage. He says, you don't have the 100%. So now I'm ready to give them their stuff back, cancel the contract and everything, to keep me from canceling the contract, they came down on the bill. But I still had to pay $269 to get my car fixed. You know? So I said, well, I have to do it because I needed that car. My car was cutting off. It would cut off, and I was afraid it would cut off on 85 in that traffic, just like this accident the other day. And somebody would run into the back of me like that. So I had to get it fixed. But to find out that you're supposed to have something and you don't can make you really angry. You know, I really wanted to say a few choice words and some three-letter words to these people. But they assured me that they would come down on my bill, my monthly bill. And that sort of soothed me over a little bit. And they did. They came down on the bill. But it was the fact that no matter what we do, there's always something going to happen that's going to cause a major fight. And it might be a minor fight. We might be going through something. Personally, we might be going through a problem. You know, and that in itself is a fight that we got to deal with. You know, I had an addiction problem years ago. And I'm grateful to the Lord that he saw fit to bring me out of it. Amen. But, I mean, that was a battle, and I had that battle for years. I mean, for years I had that battle. And I would pray to the Lord, and I remember praying one morning so hard to the Lord, and it seemed like I heard a little voice that said, you're going to be okay. And all I could do was just trust that little voice. Because I had nothing else to stand on. I had burnt all my bridges. People didn't trust me to come in their house anymore. I would knock on people's doors and they wouldn't answer. And they would look through the blinds. You'd walk away and you happen to turn back and you see the blinds closed. <laughs> I wasn't welcome anymore. Now I can't get people to stay away from me. You know, sometimes I say, wow, where did all these people come from? Where were you when I needed you? It wasn't the time. Because I was struggling and I was going through a battle. And I had to overcome that battle. And it took me a minute to overcome it. 
But when I came, overcame that battle, I thank the Lord. And here I am today. I still thank him. Because you don't know the battle I went through. And I mean, it was a battle. I mean, a struggle that I wouldn't will on my worst enemy. But I made it through. And David made it through this battle. He, he recovered everything that they had lost. You just can never give up. You can't give up. You have to keep fighting. Just keep, just keep moving. Fight on. You know. I have to remind myself. In the book of Exodus. Chapter 14. Beginning at the 14th verse, I have to remind myself that the Lord shall fight for me. And ye shall hold your peace. I have to learn how to hold my peace and just depend and and be patient and wait on him. I had to learn this. I had to remind myself in Deuteronomy 3, 22. You shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. He will fight for you if you depend on him. But you have to believe that he's there. You have to believe him. You have to reach out to him and trust that he's there. And Deuteronomy 31 uh, verse 16 6, sorry. Says to be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he is that doeth, that does go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. God will never fail you or forsake you. We fail ourselves. We forsake God, especially when we think we got it going on. We forget. We forget. And God is saying, don't let your built-in forgetter go to work because it can. You know, we forget where we come from. We forget the pain that we've been through. We have to remember but never give up. Amen. Psalms one eighteen. Seventeenth verse says, I shall not die but live and declare the work of the Lord. And that's what I'm trying to do today. Because he's real. 
And it's like he has something for each and every one of us to do. It might be just to help one person or to say one thing that could turn someone's life around. And that might be all that it is that God wants you to do. But he needs you to do that one thing. And we all that are here within the sound of my voice need to take inventory of who we really are. Isaiah 54, 14. What is it for? 14. And righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression. For thou shalt not fear and and from the terror. For it shall not come near thee. We have to believe this. Know this. That God has us in the palm of his hand. But you know, that's one thing I have against education. Education allows us to think freely. It gives us a free will to think that we got it going on. I know something. (laughs) What do you know? What do you really know? You think you know something. You don't know a thing. If If I had an ounce of the way God thinks, just an ounce. That's all. Just an ounce. I'd be a powerful person. Um, But I still have to remind myself these things. Matthew 19, 26. It says, Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With man this is impossible, but with God, With God, all things are possible. You know, I'm limited. You know, I can't do but so much, and a lot of that I can't do. But God has no limits. He has no limits. It's going back to believing and trusting in him, knowing that he's there. Knowing that he's going to take care of you. Knowing that he's going to be there when you really need him. When you're sitting in the dark and you can't see no way out. That he's there. That he's going to be that light. When we need it. You know, because I know, I don't know about you. I only know about me. There has been some dark, dark times. You know, you ever walk the streets in the middle of the night, no place to go, no place to lay your head in the middle of the night, and the only thing you could do is keep walking? You're on the street. You know, you can't close your eyes on the street. You got to keep them open. You don't know what you're going to run into out there. You know, Sleeping on the subway. I'm from New York, so sleeping on the subway. Thinking that it's safe. 
You don't know the danger, boy, that's out there. You don't know. I tell young people today, a young man was talking to me the other day about going on the road, going over the road, driving tractor trailer. And I asked him, had he ever been out there before? And he said, no. I said, well, brother, let me tell you something. You are in for a treat. I said, because it's going to scare the devil out of you. I said, there's some mountains out west that will scare the living mess out of you going down them mountains. I said, when your brakes smoke up and they begin, they they won't hold anymore. And you got to pull over somewhere and there's nowhere for you to pull over and you just got to ride it out in a lower gear until you get to the bottom of this mountain. And you have to get out and walk around the truck because you're so nervous. Your legs are wobbly. I mean, I've been down those hills. And he's thinking about going out there because he thinks it's a lot of money out there. And like I told him, it's no more money out there than it is right here. There's no more money. You know, you think it looks good. It sounds good. They tell you all this here. But when they get you out there and them truck stops... And you have to wind up waiting two or three days before you can get a load to get you back home. Or they might not bring you back home. They'll tell you, well, that load fell through. I got to send you further out. And you got to go further out. And they tell you that there's a load waiting on you there that's going to bring you home only to get there to find out that that load is already gone. They will lie to you just to get you going. And I seen a lot of people would leave their trucks in truck stops and catch the Greyhound home. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. I've seen a young man, he was on the phone with his wife, and his wife told him, said, a truck on me. And he called off and said, I'm leaving your truck. And caught the Greyhound, went home. But we still have to encourage ourselves. Try to help somebody. Show them the way. Because that's probably all that God wants us to do. Is to help somebody else. To bring them through what you're going through or what you've been through. You know, I used to I used to love listening to the older people when I was young. Now you can't get the young people to listen to you at all. They'll tell you what to do before you can give them any kind of advice. They telling you. You know. But I used to listen to them. I used to love to hear those stories they would tell cuz they could tell some good stories. Believe me. You know. But David, I mean, this lesson David gave me today, I pray that everyone has gotten something out of it. Because I did, you know. And I pray that um, you continue on and encourage yourselves, you know. Like I'm learning to encourage myself. And I'm learning not to give up, to give in. And to allow life to over, 
overtake me. I, I don't like to let every little wind that comes along blow my light out. I try to keep my light lit today, you know, so that someone will see and maybe I could be a beacon for that person. Because that's all we are. We are a beacon for someone else. And it might be a younger person. It could be a person the same age you are or one. It might even be one older than you. But if you get as old as me, then. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Okay. Ain't too many older than me. But those that are. I tell you, they they are a blessing. They are truly a blessing. So I'm going to say God be with you. God love you. And have a blessed rest of the day. And thank you for listening.